Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast with the listeners in more than 100 countries. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning co-author of The Japanese Hour of the Cocktail, and a food and beverage writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. So we created our podcast so that our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, our media guests from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel professionals can be spotlighted in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guests' tips. So, you could be next. Also, please send your favorite pitching tips from the episode to hello at hanaleecommunications.com for a chance to win a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. And now, moving on to the show. In this episode, we're delighted to chat with Bo Hayhoe, a freelance writer covering everything from spirits to luxury travel, menswear, men's grooming, watches, and music. Bo regularly contributes to Maxim, Men's Journal, Ask Men, Fatherly, and more. His work has appeared online at Esquire and Spin, and he also publishes his own daily style blog, The Style Guide. Hi, Bo. Welcome to the show. Hello. Thank you for having me. So great to have you. Glad to be here. Thank you. So like you, I was able to transition from working for a large PR agency to freelance journalism. So what made you choose to make the switch and how has your background in PR helped you as a journalist? It really was uh, sort of a process that happened, you know, gradually and then all at once. Um, I'd been freelancing for about four years. I'd been in PR as well for about six years. Um, and by the time the pandemic rolled around, um, I actually, you know, sort of had a chance to step back and reevaluate my uh, career, you know, doing PR and social media at an agency. And, and funnily enough, I had kind of gotten to a point where, I was almost receiving, you know, more inquiries about writing um, than inquiries for um, other, you know, agency jobs. So I felt like I had enough of a base to kind of make the jump. Um, it it was definitely a little bit intimidating, but I, I had enough of a base in terms of um, editorial projects and publications that I felt like I was able to to sort of make the move seamlessly, um, which which came you know, as a result of freelancing for, for four years. So um, it's now been about three, it'll be three years this summer um, in terms of full-time freelance, which is uh, just exciting and, and really crazy. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of my PR background helping me, uh, so many things, you know, come into play on a daily basis, um, you know, clear, effective communication, uh, deadlines, um, you know, building uh, building personal relationships, um, which I was doing as a PR and social media pro, and uh, through through that, I was able to uh, you know work with a lot of editors that I was once 
pitching for PR and I was able to reach out to them and say, now I'm freelancing. Um, what opportunities do you have? So it ended up being a, a two way street. And, um, that, that PR background, again, just in terms of deadlines and, and, uh, concise communication is just so helpful uh, on the daily, even still. Mm-hmm. Something that I see in common between journalism and PR is that it's all about the relationship, but also, as you mentioned, meeting the deadline or beat the deadline, as one of our team members would say, which is brilliant. Also, congratulations on your upcoming three-year anniversary of being a full-time freelancer. That's very impressive. Mm-hmm. Thank you. As you mentioned, you write for a lot of different publications. So can you tell us what topics do you cover for each one? Sure. So for Maxim.com, I'm a daily contributor, um, and I do a little bit of everything, but I do a lot of spirits news and launches, uh, spirits roundups, um, seasonal beer pieces. Um, and then uh, with Maxim, they're all about the luxury lifestyle. So um, a little bit of everything from luxury travel to luxury menswear. Um, so so kind of runs runs the gamut there. Um, and then for other publications like Ask Men and Spy.com, um, do a lot of men's fashion and watch coverage. Um, and uh, sites like Men's Journal, again, I kind of Oh, the line between um, the occasional spirits piece and then also sort of uh, rugged menswear. Um, I'm also contributing monthly at fatherly.com, which is a, a really cool uh, parenting lifestyle website. But really, it's I think it's applicable to uh, anybody who wants to, you know, dress better, look better, feel better, have a better bar cart, um, things like that. So I really, in terms of those major publications, get to uh, do a little bit of everything uh, and everything, a little bit of everything that I'm passionate about as well. Whiskey and fashion sounds perfect combination. It it is, it is. It's it's not a bad gig. <laughs> well, let's circle back to Men's Journal for a second. Uh, you did a great piece on eleven essentials to pack for a tropical vacation, which we found both fun and practical. And actually. We are traveling to Maui in a few months to visit our client, Esther's, which is the island's first craft cocktail bar. So your tips will come in very, very handy. So thank you. Love to hear that. So from a practical standpoint, how do you choose your article themes and the products that you recommend in those articles? It's it's a little bit of uh, sort of two processes. Um, you know, I, I love to pitch and then write about things that I'm actually wearing on a daily basis, um, whether it's, you know, wingtip boots in the winter or camp collar shirts in the summer. So a lot of it is, you know, seasonality and kind of relevant topics um, month by month. But then I also, you know, try to take inspiration from, you know, things I see on the, on the street. Um, which in New York is, uh, you know, there's, it's pretty prevalent in terms of opportunities. So, you know, if I, if I see someone, you know, wearing a, a cool trucker jacket or a, a field jacket or maybe a style of jacket that's a little bit retro, then that could become an idea for a pitch. Um, and then I also, you know, think about again, what I, uh, like to wear and, and how that, um, could be useful. Um, so, you know, essentially with packing for a tropical getaway, for instance, I, you know, thought back to what I last packed when I was going someplace warm, not in the New York City winter. So, um, and then that extends as well to, uh, 
what I'm what I'm drinking um, in terms of craft beer and whiskey and uh, how I kind of got into that was, um, you know, going to so many great breweries and beer bars in Brooklyn, uh, trying a beer and then uh, eventually realizing, well, maybe I could write about this beer. Maybe I could write about this whiskey. Um, and I still approach a lot of my articles uh, that same way. So it's, it's you know, kind, kind of a, a, an A to Z approach, you know, from the real world down to uh, what I put on the page. <laughs> but it's, it's all things that you're passionate about, and that very much comes through in your writing. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like you're, you know, you're sharing your, your enthusiasms with your, you know, closest friends, and uh, it, it feels very natural and very engaging. So we appreciate it. Glad to hear that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And also, we love your Instagram because you're always wearing different jacket, and I'm always hunt for a good jacket for Michael. So I'm like, yes. hmm, I like that style. Mm. So I'm saving the you know the post. So thanks yeah. for educating us on all thing men's style. I try. I try. Glad to hear that. So, so speaking of passions, uh, everyone here on our end, you know, we're all bookworms, and we found your Maxim story on. Uh, Maison Premier Almanac, extremely interesting. Yeah. It's it's really a stunning book. So how do you choose the books that you feature? That's another thing where I feel like I'm really, you know, fortunate to have some some leeway um, in what I choose. You know, obviously there are a, a ton of um, great cocktail books out there and a ton of great books about excellent bars. But um, Maison Premier in Brooklyn is you know, something that I had heard about through word of mouth. And um, obviously, it's got a great location there. And so that was just something that sort of felt like a no brainer, um, knowing their reputation, knowing where they're located, knowing what I've just heard about them from um, friends. That one made a lot of sense. And another great one, um, another great book that I wrote about was Booze and Vinyl, Volume 2, um, which is uh, a fascinating book, and I believe it's out now, um, but it pairs up cocktails with classic records. And um, that's, again, a no-brainer. I've got, uh, you know, some crates of vinyl just out of the frame here, and um, I'm, I'm very passionate about uh, music as well. So I'm um, not passionate about spirits. So, again, that was kind of a, a no-brainer. So, you know, I think a good rule of thumb is if it, if it resonates with me, then I'm, I'm really fortunate to... Uh, be able to to write about it because it'll probably uh, resonate with other folks as well. Many of our listeners have written books or are in the process of doing so. So what is the secret for getting your attention for potential coverage? And also, if someone want to send you their book, do you prefer hard copies or just PDFs? Yeah, so... um, in terms of the logistics, um, you know, uh, sometimes a hard copy is, is really nice to have if, if there's that time to really dive into it. Um, sometimes it's nice to check it out after the fact and maybe update the story a little bit. Um, but, you know, PDFs and, and uh, imagery selected from the book is always really, really helpful um, because, you know, sometimes it's all about the formatting of the files you're downloading and sometimes you need quick access and, you know, sometimes there is a lot of time to comb through a book, and and sometimes uh, sometimes there's not in terms of a deadline. So you know, it's all about that that ease of access. And I think in terms of getting my attention, you know, it's all about the the most effective pitch in a in a relatively concise way. But I think what it really comes down to is a person's passion, and if I can you know sense that they're passionate about their writing, and of course the subject matter. 
and uh, you know the real world um, backstory of the book, you know that will kind of just jump off the uh, jump jump right out of an email and jump off the page. So conveying that passion and uh, you know doing so in a way that's easy to unpack is my my broad advice. <laughs> Well, actually, our agency have a book club called Meet the Author series, where we invite our favorite book authors and feature their books. So we are hosting one in a couple of weeks and featuring about nine book authors with their new books. So we're going to send you an invitation and hopefully you can join us and meet all of our favorite book authors. And it could be a a great resource for your story in the future. That sounds great. Nine is uh, quite quite the number, so uh, we'd love to check that out. It's a big lift. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Michael and I also do the panel discussion during the evening. So it will be a cocktail reception party where our guests can enjoy the cocktails and then meet the authors. So just like you, cocktail and books, there's a two passion right there. It's a winning combination. That, that's that's right. You You mentioned seasonality a few times, and... You know, obviously, people you know will be pitching you, you know, timely things. So, how far in advance should our listeners be reaching out to you to pitch you their stories? I, I think uh, it, it sort of depends on the the topic. But um, if it's you know a new uh, bottle launch or a new you know cocktail program, um, something like you know two to three weeks in advance is is ideal, and and maybe. Uh, maybe sometimes, you know, two or three weeks in advance is, is a little bit of a, of a longer um, lead time. If it's just a, a new bottle release, for example, um, you know, sometimes a one week heads up is okay. Um, but if it's something extensive like uh, Negroni week, um, then more lead time is is preferable. And, you know, it's interesting. Some days I'm writing about something that's come through my inbox that morning and then some days I've got, uh, you know, that two or three weeks uh, lead time, but um, definitely two, three weeks. Let's, well, let's, you know, one and a half to three weeks, any time in between there, probably. That's great. Thanks so much for the tips. And, you know, we really appreciate your coverage on the world's biggest Negroni menu featuring Brother Wolf from Knoxville, yes. Tennessee. And obviously that tied in with the Negroni week that was happening globally. And so we appreciate you saw that the meaningful story in in our pitch. So thank you. Absolutely. And looking into your crystal ball, uh, what stories are you going to be working on in the coming months? And what advice can you share for pitching you? Yes. Yeah, so um, I've, I've got a couple uh, notable um, travel reviews coming up. Um, in terms of spring travel. Um, so I am doing a little bit more travel and I'll be doing, you know, for example, a Minneapolis city guide, um, which is, it's a new city for me and, you know, a little bit more of a unique destination, I think, um, for, for cocktails and for some gourmet spots. But then, you know, in terms of menswear, we're already looking into spring and even early summer. Um, so, you know, just sort of uh, sourcing out some trends you know, the, the classics will always be the classics in terms of your summer polos and uh, T-shirts and light wash jeans. So that's what I'm starting to think about on the, the menswear front. And then, you know, elsewhere outside of spirits uh, in April, there's the Watches and Wonders um, International Watch Show in Geneva. And uh, I'm not I'm not going to Switzerland, but um the biggest uh, watchmakers in the world will be debuting their their new timepieces. So that's uh, 
you know, change of pace. So for a week or so, I'll be all watch coverage. Um, and then, you know, in, in terms of seasonality with spirits, um, you know, I'm really interested in um, uh, mezcal and, uh, uh, you know, tequila roundups for Cinco de Mayo. That's obviously coming up. And, you know, beyond that, looking at, again, some of those classics like light beers, but also, uh, you know, maybe switching it up a little bit, you know. Can you drink an IPA in the summer? What should you be looking for in, in terms of things like that? So, you know, broadly, um, a lot of seasonality, a lot of the classics, but also trying to put a twist on those, whether that's in menswear coverage or spirits coverage or uh, beer coverage. Mm -hmm. And also, Michael and I just got back from Mexico City. So we are super excited about your agave story because agave spirits cocktail on the menu it was incredible you know various bars in mexico city so if you need any advice on who to talk to the agave experts i think we got some good list for you and and tequila is is poised to overtake vodka as the most popular spirit in the u.s by value which is quite a watershed event mm -hmm. right and it yeah it shows shows no signs of of slowing down and um you know there's that celebrity tequila market which is huge um there's all, there are also, you know, plenty of producers that are, you know, trying to, uh, you know, carve out their piece of the, of the pie, so to speak, um, and, and compete against, you know, big names and celebrity names and, and, you know, people, uh, people keep drinking it. Absolutely. So uh, just like us, you are quite active on Instagram. So how often do you find sources to interview or products to spotlight when you are scrolling down the Instagram or other social media channels. Yeah, uh, pr pretty frequently. Um, in terms of in terms of sources, it's a little a little more difficult to say. But in terms of uh, inspiration in either style and spirits, um, sometimes that's as easy as you know scrolling over to the Discover page. Um, and in my early days of, of Instagram, being active on there seven or eight years ago. Uh, that was a, just a booming time, um, even more so than now, where, you know, you would connect with new people every day, sometimes by the dozen, um, just based on what they were interested in and, and whether it lined up with what you were interested in. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm always on Instagram um, and, and Twitter as well is a great source for breaking news and for trends and uh, just for a lot of, you know, personalities out there. Um, and you know, I'm, I probably spend too much time on Twitter, but it's, it's a, a, bl a blessing and a curse, but I mean, connecting with, with people on Twitter and Instagram and then meeting them in real life. Um, I feel like that happens a lot through the spirits world with spirits events and, uh, with, with, um, you know, cocktail events and cocktail classes. So I'm grateful for that, uh, for sure. So what would you recommend to people in our industry? Uh, for using social media effectively to boost their visibility and, at the end of the day, get your attention? I think uh, it, it, it is so tough to say, tougher now than before. Um, you know, I know folks are putting big-time emphasis on reels on Instagram. Um, I'm, I'm not as big into that, and I probably should be. Um, but I think the key, uh, you know, as a brand or as a cocktail bar or even just as a brand ambassador is, uh, you know, defining your aesthetic and sticking to it and, um, you know, really ensuring that everything you're, you're putting out there fits within that. Um, I had a, a friend years ago tell me, um, you know, uh, take everything down off of your page that, that you don't think fits with your aesthetic. Um, that was a little extreme, but, um, 
he was saying, you know, everything should fall within sort of the same wheelhouse or Venn diagram. And um, if I'm if I'm following a bar or a restaurant or a distillery, um, you know, it is easy to spot that really high quality um, Instagram content. And uh, the great thing is that is so important for uh, digital articles as well, especially, for example, at Maxim. Um, it's it's sometimes as simple as, um, you know, if you go to the website and uh, if you, you know, look at a story, we're very, you know, careful about the images we select and the images that we curate. And going back to the Negroni Week story with Brother Wolf in Knoxville that we kind of talked about, um, really loved those those images. So I think if folks are looking for an example of how it's done, done well and done right, then um, that uh, Brother Wolf Negroni Week story in Knoxville uh, would kind of be a, a cool example. Wow, thank you. You know what? I think the photographer Tom when he listened to this podcast, I know he's going to be so proud. And I have to say, uh, his photos are spectacular. And I think that's one of the reasons that I think we always tell our client and advise to invest money in photography because the visual storytelling is so important. And I know there's like, you know, a lot of other PR folks or, you know, individual pitching their story. But if you have a outstanding and spectacular photos attached to it, I know it's another way to get your attention even faster. So yeah, we, we couldn't agree more the importance of the photography. And I'm sure Tom, the photographer, will be so thrilled and happy. Glad to hear that. Absolutely. A lot of our listeners around the globe are frequent travelers, like including us. And so what fashion trends are you seeing that can help these, you know, travel arrangement or travel more practical and enjoyable? Yeah, I think uh, just as with the my men's journal guide to tropical getaway essentials, um, I think ideally you should be able to sort of boil down your travel wardrobe to um uh, you know, a dozen pieces or something of that nature. I'm thinking more so for long weekends, but um, I would always say look for clothing that's comfortable, practical, made with perhaps stretch fabric. There are a ton of brands that are doing um, doing really polished shirts and jackets that look like a regular button-up, but, you know, are breathable and lightweight for a hot climate or just, you know, breathable to kind of travel in all day. Um, if you're, you know, on a plane for seven hours flying to London, um, it's, it's probably, uh, you know, I, I, I personally don't think it, it would be practical to wear a suit, um, for that type of a trip. So, um, I, I'm saying, you know, sort of stretch fabrics, stretch cotton, um, outerwear that you can wear in multiple situations. So perhaps you have a blazer and then you've got a bomber jacket or a field jacket, um, really useful for, for your everyday carry. Um, and you know, there's nothing more classic than, uh, like a blue jean, which you can wear to business casual meetings. You can wear it out for drinks. You can even wear it to dinner. Um, and then, you know, maybe a formal pair of, of, of stretch chinos. I think, I think I'm all about the stretch these days. And I think a lot of, a lot of people are as well. We agree. I mean, stretch is very important because you're sitting in the plane so long. And right. if it's too tight, it's not a good thing. Stretchy and wrinkle free. Wrinkle free. Oh, yes. that's important. Yes. 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 And, and there are, you know, a lot of brands um, that are doing it the right way. And, but it's all about that polish and that, that comfort as well. And I think, you know, we've all sort of realized that as we go back to the office, you can still be comfortable and look great. Um, 
And, you know, there's even stretch again in, in chinos and in, in, um, blazers. So I, I would say, you know, think practical, versatile, um, neutral colors, pieces you can mix and match and, uh, uh, you know, keep it, uh, you know, maybe try to keep it within, you know, one or two, two carry-ons. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm a, I travel solo a lot and I have a, a nice weekender bag. That's also a garment bag. So I think the more that uh, you can kind of be a little bit, you know, light on your feet, sometimes that's not possible if you're if you're traveling for seven days or 10 days or 14 days. But um, I say when in doubt, you know, keep it lightweight, practical, comfortable. Couldn't agree more. Excellent advice. And, you know, the name of our podcast is Hospitality Forward, as you know. So in your opinion, what organization or person have you recently seen innovating, and moving the hospitality and travel industry forward. Yeah, so um, this is more so, you know, the hospitality industry at large, but uh, I'm, I'm really impressed with what Garrett Oliver of Brooklyn Brewery is doing. Um, he's obviously been um, the, the brewmaster there for um, a number of years. He's a very prominent figure in the beer industry, um, but he started a scholarship fund, the uh, Michael J. Jackson scholarship fund, hope I'm remembering that correctly, um, to promote um, diversity and equity and inclusivity in the beer and spirits world. And um, he also recently collaborated with Pinhook Bourbon on a new bourbon that's uh, with proceeds that are going to go to that scholarship fund. Um, and I think that's just really impressive. And, and the, the bourbon is great, by the way. And uh, his beers at Brooklyn Brewery are also great. So um, I think that's a, a, you know, terrific program. Um, it's for a great cause and uh, it's a very important cause. And, you know, it also involves, um, in this case, bourbon. And um, I think what could be better. Agreed. And we've we've known Garrett for many years and uh, he never fails to inspire us. Mm -hmm. Just a, a great guy. Absolutely. Before we wrap up, what is the best way for our listeners to reach you when they are ready to pitch you? Yeah, well, so I'm, I'm always on Instagram, so I'm always checking uh, DMs and, and Twitter as well. Um, I have a blog, The Style Guide, the-style-guide.com, with a contact page on there, and that's uh, that's my one email. Um, my email is just my first first name, last name at gmail.com, um, and uh, I'm always, you know, taking pitches and, and you know, doing my best to stay on top of my inbox, even as I travel. So, yeah, I would say through my blog and uh, email. Well, this was a blast, as we knew it would be. And we really thank you for joining us. And uh, we look forward to seeing you in New York sometime soon. Yes, absolutely. A pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, we will look forward to catching up at the Authors uh, Roundtable. Bo is so worldly and wise. And now that you know what he's looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our Hospitality Forward podcast. And if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with friends and colleagues. Also, for all media guests to date, you can find their information on episodes at our agency's website, AnnaLeeCommunications.com. See you next week. Until then... Join us as we move hospitality forward together.